Welcome to CDH Conversations podcast, where we will be speaking on the Affordable Housing Bill 2023 vis-a-vis the High Court's judgment and the recent order of the Court of Appeal. My name is Michael Gutu from the Tax and Exchange Control Department at CDH Kenya. Joining me today is Alex Kanyi, a partner at CDH Kenya, heading the Tax and Exchange Control Department, and Desmond Odiambo, partner as well at CDH Kenya, heading the Disputes Resolution Department. Welcome, Alex and Desmond. On 28th November 2023, the High Court of Kenya in Okia Omtato Koiti and 51 others versus the Cabinet Secretary for the National Treasury and Planning and six others held that the housing levy as framed in Finance Act 2023 is unconstitutional. Subsequently, the government decided to make two moves aimed at reviving the housing levy. Firstly, it gazetted the Affordable Housing Bill 2023 on 7th December 2023 as an attempt to cure the issues that were raised by the High Court in its decision. Secondly, it made an appeal to the Court of Appeal against the decision of the High Court. In the interim, it made an application to the Court of Appeal through the National Assembly and the Speaker of the National Assembly seeking a stay of execution and or conservatory orders pending the hearing and determination of the appeal against the High Court judgment. With today's discussion, we intend to provide some clarity on the place of the affordable housing bill and the housing levy. This then brings me to my first question. To Alex, what led to the drafting of the bill? Thank you, Mike. So after the introduction of the housing levy uh, through Finance Act 2023, uh, several petitions were filed to challenge the constitutionality of the levy. Uh, The High Court uh, consequently held that the introduction of the housing levy through an amendment to the Employment Act of 2007 lacked a comprehensive legal framework and was in violation of Articles 10, 201, 206, and 210 of the Constitution of Kenya. So furthermore, the housing levy was declared unconstitutional because of um, several flaws. Therefore, the government needed to re-strategize and they appealed the decision on one front at the same time introducing the bill that is the Affordable Housing Bill 2023. Thank you, Alex, for that insightful overview on what preceded the formulation of the bill. On to the next question, and uh, here this will be to Desmond. What are some of the flaws that the High Court pointed out? Thank you, Mike. Well, the flaws that the High Court pointed out was, uh, first, of all, first of all, was that um, you know the housing levy was discriminatory. And it was discriminatory on the basis that it was intended to to be imposed on those in formal employment um, through amendment of the Employment Act. And while those who are in in the informal sector would there was no obligation on them, you know, to pay the housing levy. So this went against the tax action principles where there must be a justification for you know such uh, a selective approach uh, to imposition of uh, a levy and without that justification then it would be considered uh, discriminatory so that was the first ground the second ground was that the word levy was not defined in the employment act so it was unclear you know when the housing levy would be imposed uh, without a proper definition in the act itself and it also that went contrary to taxation principles of certainty um, and even one of the questions uh, that was there was you know would this be imposed on foreign employees 
or is it just employees who are local citizens? The third reason that the housing levy was, you know, found to be unconstitutional was that there was no clear provision as to how the fund will be administered. So yes, you have a levy that has been introduced by the Employment Tax, but in the Employment Act, it has not stated which body would be responsible for administering that fund. And if it is not clear which body would be responsible for administering that fund, then how would the public hold them accountable? In connection with that was that the government had not been able to demonstrate how it would support the housing policy uh, or how it would further the housing policy of the government. So for those three main reasons, then um, it was found that the uh, housing levy was uh, unconstitutional. Thank you, Desmond, for that. We can now talk about the remedies that the bill seeks to bring in place. And therefore, the next question to you, Alex, is what proposal is brought forth by the bill to tackle the aspect of discrimination and violation of Article 27 of the Constitution? Thanks, Mike. So the bill at Clause 4, that's why it imposes the affordable housing levy at the rate of 1.5% of the gross salary of an employee. But it says in the alternative, that levy will apply on the gross income of a person receiving or you know, getting income which has not been subject to housing levy just because they are employed. So in a sense, it's, uh, what the bill is saying is that they do not just target those who are in formal employment, but anyone who is then earning an income in Kenya that is not necessarily from um, employment, then that person will also be subject to this particular housing levy. However, there's um, a certain provision within the bill which still gives powers to the cabinet secretary to exempt certain class of people or a certain class of income, you know, to exempt that from the housing levy. So it's not very clear as to whether, um, at least for now, in terms of just drafting, you know, the wording is we will target those who are not in formal employment, and uh, it's, you know, and then at a later stage, then that is um, is removed. And the other problematic bit around that is then how does the government get to collect this housing levy from those who are not informal um, employment? And and this could be problematic because already we've seen a lot of government initiatives around getting data from anyone who is earning whatever form of income within the country. While that is still in progress, uh, for example, through the electronic team's invoice management system. Uh, it hasn't worked well in the past, but we've seen a certain focus by the government to also net those who are not in uh, formal employment to make sure that they pay their fair share of taxes, which would include, for example, the housing levy. Thank you, Alex, for that. Now, as Desmond mentioned earlier, the High Court found that the amendment of the Employment Act did not contain a legal definition of the housing levy. So my question to you is, does the bill propose a definition of the housing levy? Yes, um, the bill actually has a definition of um, housing levy. So you'll find that within clause two, which says, the, first, it defines affordable housing as housing that is adequate and costs not more than 30% of the income of a person per month to rent or acquire, and then goes ahead to define a levy as defined as affordable housing levy, which is imposed under section four of that particular bill. Thank you for that. The follow-up question to that is, how will the levy then be administered? 
Well, three of the bill has established the Affordable Housing Fund, which is vested in and managed by a board. Then the provision, and especially that particular part, comprehensively outlines the collection, uh, the purpose, and um, allocation of the fund. Um, what you realize is also uh, stipulates the role of the board in um, overseeing the development of affordable housing and associated social and um, uh, physical infrastructure. That was very insightful. The next question to you is, at what stage is the bill currently? The bill is currently set to go through the second reading and be sent to a designated um, committee where it will be subjected to public participation before it is presented for a third reading with amendments and subsequent uh, presidential assent. So what we know is that Parliament is quite keen to uh, ensure that the bill um, sails through, at least the side of the government is keen to see that this goes through. There has been a challenge on um, whether public participation should actually proceed or not, with the government holding a stance that public participation must proceed. But there was also a challenge um, at the High Court in Kisumu, where um, you know there are people who are challenging that aspect of public participation, saying that um, first it was short notice, and second, that uh, the government should be doing public participation on this affordable housing bill when the constitutionality of the housing levy as framed under the Finance Act 2023 is still pending in court. Thank you, Alex. That was really insightful. Now let us move away from that and dis get to discuss the place of the Court of Appeal. So my next question to you, Desmond, would be, what does it take to get a stay of execution or conservatory orders at the Court of Appeal? Yes, to get a stay of execution at the Court of Appeal, so it's a, it's a two-stage uh, process as uh, defined in the Court of Appeal Rules uh, 2022. So Rule 52B provides that the first limb of that test is you have to satisfy that you have an arguable appeal. And then the second step is that you also have to show that if uh, a stay is not granted, then the appeal will be uh, rendered negatory. So those those are the two main steps. Um, it's also not worth it to, that the Supreme Court, in, in the case of uh, Ethics and Anti-Corruption Commission versus uh, Professor Tom Wajenda, added another limb to it, and that is that it must be in the in the interest of the public to grant the stay. Thank you, Desmond. Just a follow-up on the same. Was the government successful in convincing the court on the tests? Unfortunately, it was not. It was not successful in in convincing uh, the court of appeal to to grant a stay on all the tests on all the on the three stages. So, on the first stage, yes, it was able to demonstrate that it has an arguable appeal. But when it comes to the second step, it was not able to show that um, if the appeal was, if a stay was not granted, which is a stay of the High Court's decision, you know, that the housing levy was unconstitutional, um, that if that was not granted, then the, the appeal would be rendered uh, negatory. So in other words, what they were trying to convince the Court of Appeal is that they should be allowed to continue uh, collecting this housing levy from the salaried employees or those in formal employment, even as they challenge the High Court's decision. And that if they are not allowed to continue collecting, 
then the subject matter of their appeal would be defeated, would become purely academic. So the Court of Appeal was of the view that, you know, they were not able to demonstrate how, you know, their intended appeal would be defeated if there was the government was stopped uh, from any further collections uh, and, until the appeal is heard and, and, and determined. Then most importantly, in the, when you look at the third limb, the Court of Appeal also had to assess, you know, what is in the public interest? Is it in the public interest that the government should continue collecting, notwithstanding that, you know, the High Court has found that provision to be unconstitutional? Or is it, you know, in the public interest, you know, for that just to be halted until there's a clear determination on, on the constitu constitutionality of the, of the provision. So the Court of Appeal was found that, you know, it was in the, the public interest, you know, the balance uh, of convenience tilted in favor, that whole process be halted so that those informal employment and also are not um, prejudiced uh, by further deductions on their salary you know, whilst the matter is pending uh, determination at, at the Court of Appeal. So uh, based on that, then, you know, the court declined to, to, grant, uh, to grant a stay. Thank you, Desmond, for that insight. And the last question of the day is, what then does this mean for the housing levy? And this question is for you, Desmond. What it means is that for the housing levy, you know, remains unconstitutional and no further deductions uh, should be made uh, pending the, de the determination of the main appeal at uh, the Court of Appeal. So if the government is not happy with that dis decision of the Court of Appeal, they, they are still at liberty to take up the matter at the Supreme Court. Um, but as it stands now, it remains unconstitutional and you know that means then employers uh, should not uh, remit any further you know, sums to, you know, to, to the government until there's, there's been a, a determination by the Court of Appeal on, on, on the matter. Thank you, Alex and Desmond, for finding time to engage in this conversation and providing insight on the housing bill vis-a-vis -vis the decision by our courts. Your thoughts and input have been quite insightful. With that, we call it a day. And in case of any further questions or queries that you may have, please feel free to contact CDH Kenya. The views and information expressed are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily present those of the firm. All content is provided for general purposes only and does not constitute legal advice. We make no representations, warranties or guarantees whether expressed or implied that the content on our podcast is accurate, complete, up-to-date or reflects the current law. We accept no responsibility for any loss or damage, whether direct or consequential, arising from reliance on the information which is presented here.